Hey everybody, this is Jim Evans with Today in Trades. Reaching out to you from the service bunker. I am happy to be home after two long weeks of travel. Today we're going to break down things that we learned at the first two trade shows of the year. This podcast is brought to you by BidClips, powering the front-end experience of your store. It's also brought to you by NGA Glass Build. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube right now, I am wearing my NGA Glass Nerd hat, which was handed to me by Andrew Herring himself at NGA. If you are not signed up for Glass Build, please attend, sign up, go either as a visitor, uh, go as a vendor if you're able to, and make sure you get involved in certain uh, groups and and listen to their seminars get signed up and and please use glass build as a way to give back to your industry as well as being informed on what's happening in our industry all right so the season of trade shows back in person i can't tell you how amazing it was to be able to be around people for two shows back to back Um, it was just so refreshing to not be having to conduct everything over zoom and phone calls the same token, the world's changed quite a bit. Vendors have changed. I had a great opportunity to talk to so many different uh, attendees and visitors um, to hear about how COVID is changing their business and, and what it's looking like now as we emerge out of this chapter and into a uh, post-COVID uh, business model. And we're going to talk today about some of the things that customers um, have taught us, some of the things that vendors are doing that's kind of unique. We're going to talk about labor retention, and we're going to talk about customer buying habits. Uh, also, more importantly, we're going to talk about how you can get involved in this new chapter, including getting involved in your local associations. So let's dive right in. First off, the two shows we attended were Texpo in San Antonio, the Riverwalk City. The second one was Autoglass Week down in Orlando. Those of you that are just joining us into the show, my background is in glass, so I always like to be involved in my first industry. Uh, later in the year, I will be attending Pest World. Yeah, you heard me right. Pest World glass build, huge window washing convention. If you're not getting involved in your industry association shows, uh, you're missing out on a wealth of knowledge. Um, And if you can't attend personally, please look at attending them virtually. So today we're going to break down the two shows I attended, some things that I've learned in person from company owners, technicians, entrepreneurs, vendors. Uh, I just got to hear a lot of really cool insight about what COVID has taught them, taught all of us, as well as a new way that customers are shopping, behaving, and then the big topic everybody's talking about, labor and labor retention. So today we're going to break out a few highlights of what it was like visiting the shows. This podcast is brought to you by BidClips, powering your front end, better bids, stronger sales, it's also brought to you this week by NGA Glass Build. So let's go ahead and break for that commercial, and I'll be right back with the goods. Glass Build America is back. Goodbye virtual shows, hello real products, real people, and real business opportunities. The industry is reuniting at the largest glass, glazing, window, and door event in the Western Hemisphere for the buying and business building that only an in-person trade show can deliver. The leading commercial glazing contractors glass fabricators, and residential fenestration manufacturers and installers are heading to Atlanta September 13th through 15th for Glass Build America, the Glass Window and Door Expo. Strengthen your supply chain and get the tools, products, and resources to future-proof your business. Your competition will be at Glass Build. Will you? For more information and to register, visit glassbuild.com. 
Alright, let's break down the rumblings of the trade shows. First, I got to talk to a bunch of people from different walks of life in our industries. Uh, the first high-arching theme and the rumblings among the trade show floor, as we were all figuring out how to communicate with each other, do you fist bump, do you elbow tap, do you just hug? It was really, really interesting. By about day three, I started feeling a lot more normal again. And, and as we were connecting with people and sitting down and talking to them and asking questions, here are some of the things I've been hearing from the industry. The first thing that I thought was interesting is that people's consumer and their behavior is starting to change. If, for better or for worse, one thing that COVID taught us was how to use QR codes. You know, those little square, botchy-looking things that you see all over billboards and in the front of urinals at bathrooms and on pamphlets. For years, I don't think consumers really understood you can just take a picture, it opens up the browser. Well, going through the pandemic with ordering food, um, getting information, and, and that touchless world we're in now, QR codes are relevant. So many of the vendors are using QR codes, not just to gather more work and better leads, but also QR codes are a great way to draw people to a site. So whether you need to educate them on protocol for how you're going to handle them in their home. Maybe you want to uh, connect with them and share an estimate or a proposal, right? You can use a QR code to do so in BitClips and in some of the other platforms. Um, the other way that people can use QR codes is to be able to just send a message for feedback to give a Google review. And sure enough, people are so used to them now that we're seeing an increase in QR code engagement. So if you want to reach out to us, drop a comment, we're happy to talk to you about how you can use QR codes and further bring people to parts of your website that will educate and inform and ultimately just give them a better experience. Number two, the second rumbling that I heard most common was that people are changing what the, they want and what they need from us as providers, service providers. So customers are looking more for uh, better information. It, it, the rumblings around the around the industry are, you know, price is important and value is important, but people want to know when it's going to be done, what's going to happen, how you're going to take care of them, and so there's a whole nother level of expectation on customers. And so more than ever, as we move out of the season we were in, let's try to take the good things that we did learn from the pandemic season and apply them to educating customers, being mindful of how customers want to be treated, how they want to be served. We have tons of blogs, lots of other podcasts on how you can do that, but that was number one thing. Everyone's learning how to interact in their space. In fact, I heard a lot of really cool things. People are sending out pictures of their technicians on their way to the home. They have the images of their technicians inside the correspondence. Other industries are using touchless or remote estimates. They do FaceTime. They use tools like BidClips. And then some of our, our other vendors are still doing it the same way they have with a little extra emphasis on the precautionary um, part of the business and, more importantly, selling people on cross-sales. That's been the most, I think, exciting thing is seeing how customers are willing to buy more services from you while you're there, which that topic starts to tie into the idea of a labor shortage. So I'm going to bring that back around when we talk about labor next on how you can use your labor shortage to your advantage by selling cross sales so that you can use the same people in the same home for more things instead of sending them all over town trying to get more work. And number three under trade show grumblings is customers ability to want to be guided. You know, we're beyond just 
give me a VIN for your vehicle or maybe just take a picture of your yard. Now we're at this point where customers want to know, give me this and this and this and I will get you what you need. They want to know what the process is going to be. And then we're so used to to companies going that extra mile from working on our vehicles, right, in a mechanic shop or working on the home to lay out, here's what to expect when we're at the job. So customers are wanting to be guided on what we they need from us, but they also want to know what they can expect moving forward. So let's unpack some of this in the concept of labor. As we all know, in the home and automotive service industries, everything that we are is our labor. It's our people and it's our contact with our customers, whether that's your technicians, your estimators, your secretaries, your ISRs, or or you as the owner. So let's blend some of these things that people are hearing about how the world is looking right now in the field with how we can combine that into our labor. So the first one, using QR codes, using websites, using um, presentations to help your labor have to not talk so much. Being a professional talker myself, I know it's very nice when I say things over and over again to have them in a recorded video or to maybe have them in a canned message. If you're not using tools like BidClips um, or other type of template tools to reproduce the things that slow your people down, I think we're starting to miss out. So as people embrace, as our customers start to embrace the ability to hear from us, let's make it easy on our labor. So give them the tools that they need, whether that's a pamphlet in their truck as they show up, that's gonna lay out everything for the customer so they can get in and and get to work. Um, Whether that's sending out messages to customers, reminding them that our technicians are on their way or that the estimators are on their way or that our office is working on the estimate. And there's so many tools and so many easy technologies to communicate automatically. And at the shows, people come up to me all the time and say, you know, well, if you automate it too much, you lose customer service. And I like to say it this way. Automation takes the human error out of a process so that we can focus on humanity, on that human connection. If you're not worried about just checking off your lists because things are happening as part of your process, then you could focus on connecting with people, hearing what they need, maybe calming a customer who who needed a little more communication or was frustrated. Maybe it's spending a little more time with your technician, training them on a new tool or a new skill. We spend so much time doing repetitive things in our businesses. We need to look to that automation so we're not spending it on labor because the precious time we have with people on our team working with our customers has to be authentic, unique, and purposeful. The second way to increase our labor problem is to use things that we have to be able to organize. So how many times in your business do the same two people do the same thing? And they don't even know it. They're just in channels. We have to work by using programs like Slack, working using programs like Glip, BitClips, um, Jobber, Service Titan, to work together as a team so that each customer has all the information in front of everyone. That collaboration and the ability to keep it together means less minutes, hours, days wasted for our precious labor. Several of my clients and people that came to visit us are having a fantastic year. They're doing more with less people. That's the best way to overcome our labor shortage right now in the home services industry. Let's hope for a new breadth of people coming into our our industry. But more importantly, let's just maximize the people we have. And when we maximize the people we have, 
where you can afford to pay them more. We can give them bonuses. We can reward them on customer connection, job well done, and not be paying them to do busy work that automation could take care of. The second part of labor is not only incentivizing our labor team to be able to execute better, faster, stronger, but also we can spend some time focused on how to be efficient, you know, helping our team think about the business, think about our objectives as a whole. Sometimes we just get in the do what's on my list, you know, robot mentality. I think in order to have a versatile labor force, it's not only training aptitude, how to install, how to, to finish, how to clean up jobs. It's also teaching them how to think about where are jobs located? How can we work together to maximize the area that we're in? And with that being said, the biggest thing we're seeing post-COVID right now is the opportunity for cross-sales inside of the same jobs. I'm going to break that down for you now. So I'm going to use glass for my analogy. This is, applies to window washing. It applies to um, home remodeling. It applies to barrier spray. Whatever your services, these concepts apply. Don't underestimate your customer's willingness to buy more things from you. So often we'll go to a home to do a mirror or do a shower enclosure. And out of fear maybe of wanting to upsell a customer or, or talk about things, we often forget to just simply ask to say, is there anything else I can do for you while I'm here? When we stop to make that time, oftentimes customers will say, yeah, we have this other window we'd like you to take a look at. Can you do a rock chip repair in my, in my windshield? Can you, I'd like to get an estimate on new sod in my backyard. There's so many opportunities within our skill set to work with that customer to continue to do more work at their home. One way to maximize your labor is to increase your average ticket per home. Does that make sense? So let's look for those cross sales. For those of you that are listening that just do one service very well, that's fantastic. Another way that you can do it is use programs like BidClips, like others, to pass your sales, your leads, onto other providers in our network, and then share with each other a lead referral. Many times at glass shops and at plumbing shops, you'll see vans from different trades all in the same parking lot. That's because we all use each other. I used to have a wonderful relationship with my electrician, my plumber, the tile guy. Working together to share those leads to work inside of neighborhoods helps everybody do more work per day, per time. So if you want more information on that, reach out to us, um, hop into Facebook in our group and just um, share with each other how you can maximize your cross sales. Now, for those of you that don't like to sell things or you don't want to talk about your product or your company, maybe you're just a great craftsperson, utilize tools to cross sell for you. A simple email campaign, a simple follow-up, Reminding customers that you do other services, oftentimes the customer won't feel pressured or threatened and they can book jobs for you right there. So there's lots of ways to maximize our labor, keep them busier. And some of you listening, you're maybe actualizing $100 an hour, maybe 90 bucks an hour for all of your laborers. If you're not pushing $150 to $200 in most of our industries per man hour or per, per labor hour, there's a lot of opportunity for you to increase. See some of our other podcasts on how to do that. The opportunity is endless to maximize our labor force, not to make more money or to, to, to take the price up on customers, just to do more for customers while we're there. 
Lastly, the winners at these trade shows that are doing great with labor right now have built a wonderful culture. They care for their team. They understand that laborers are valuable. And the coolest thing I've seen in a long time is our industry's adoption of hiring women and younger people out of high school and and junior colleges to teach them. And I'm telling you, women are a great opportunity for you guys to expand your labor force. And we have to create a culture of safety, a culture of, of acceptance and a place where we can have anybody from any gender feel safe in our company to come work. And so if you want to see more on that, see one of our other episodes with Megan Bedford. Also, in the coming weeks, um, I will be having on a female plumber who came into the industry, and she's going to tell us her story as a plumber um, being female in America. So if you're not creating an environment that can attract anyone, then you're only going to attract a small portion of the workforce, therefore making the problem even worse. Thanks for checking in today. That was my take on the first two trade shows. I will do these updates when I get home from shows of kind of the common themes and what people are doing to overcome those themes. I hope you could take away a few things today. Um, If you're interested in BidClips, check them out at BidClips.com. If you would like to attend GlassBuild or get signed up for the NGA, please make your way over to NGA and get signed up and come see us at GlassBuild. For the rest of you out there, I hope you're having a fantastic day. We're excited for some incredible content coming down the line from plumbers, electricians, garage door, um, overhead door professionals. Um, We're really excited to see um, Today in Trades grow. Thank you for all of you that are listening and connect with us. Please share it with your friends. You have a great day and continue to serve. Thank you.